0: So, Matthew 22, beginning at verse 34, says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Thank you, Simon. This morning, I'm going to be focusing on verse 39, which talks about loving your neighbour as yourself. Um, But we can't really touch base with that yet, unless we focus first and foremost on what comes before that verse and what comes after. To give a bit of background, the Pharisees were the religious leaders at the time, um, and they had come to Jesus with a question that they thought was going to really trick him. They were like, Jesus you know what is the greatest command Um, and at the time they were the specialists in the law they were um, the ones who um, were able to advise on it and there were 613 laws and whilst they featured into different categories they were all part of God's word and they were all commandments that needed to be fulfilled so at this stage they are seeking to trick him Um, Jesus responds by quoting um, Deuteronomy 6 verse 2, love your God with all your heart, soul and mind. Now he could have just left it there and instead he goes on even further to say this is the first and the greatest command and then follows that with and the second command is to love your neighbour as yourself. And he underpins both of those by saying that they are what hangs the law and the prophets on. So these were incredibly big commandments at the time. And for those that would have been listening, it would have been incredibly challenging and quite countercultural. Now, for you and I... When we look at this, love your neighbour as yourself, it's something that is talked about at Sunday school and primary school and is kind of looked at. But what does it actually mean to love somebody and to love your neighbour as yourself? I think a really good starting point for all of us this morning is to consider what is love. The Bible is really clear on what love is. It gives the example in Jesus a summary of John three sixteen is that God gave his begotten son so that we would all who trust in him would not perish but would have eternal life. This is love. This is the biblical love that we talk about. Love is an action. Love is something that is powerful and it's unconditional. The centre of the Christian faith is based on this love. Jesus came sinless and lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death on a cross for each one of us because he loved us unconditionally he did it before you were born before you chose him before you'd done your first walk he had already died out of a place of love for you And through him and through that sacrifice, he overcame death. And as you put your trust in Jesus, you can stand assured on your relationship with the Father. And that, my friends, is powerful. And that is love in demonstration. And it is the love that we look at. And it is the love that Jesus is talking about in these verses. Now... When we talk about loving our neighbour, we need to understand, A, that we are loved, and B, how to love, and what that looks like for us as we step out and as we do that in practice. But this verse is quite challenging, because it actually identifies exactly how we do that. We have to love the neighbour as ourselves. Now, In a culture of self-care and self-love and looking after yourself, that could be, well, do I just need to encourage someone to have a bath? Like, is it just saying, oh, take 10 minutes and do your nails or go and watch something at the cinema? Is that self-love? Are we equating that now to self-care? Because actually, I think this is more challenging than that. I think that this verse is actually underpinned by our sinful nature. We, as, um, as humans, have a natural instinct of self-preservation. We're seeking the things that make us happy, the things that get us excited. Our self-love could look very selfish. We become isolated. We work in silos. How many times are you told that you can achieve things all in your own strength? And then on the flip side of that, I think there are some county cultures to that, where whether you've been brought up in church maybe or other religious um, backgrounds and you've been told, oh no, you're you're awful, like you're really bad. Because actually that is also undervaluing what Jesus values, because Jesus values you. It comes back to the age-old sin of pride. To self love or to self deny is both a form of pride. It's to say that my happiness can be achieved apart from God. I don't need that. Or I'm not worthy of that. I am separated. I don't want anyone to feel condemned. I think that we both flitter between the two, all of us. But it's a recognition that actually this verse is so much more than just about encouraging your neighbour to be kind to themselves or offering them a hot meal. It goes to the actual core nature of what it is to be human and then challenges us to come back to the foot of the cross and to love like God loves. Because ultimately... The verses that go before it are incredibly powerful in telling us, it's okay, we can help. I can help you. The way in which you love is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That means that when we say we love God with all our heart, it's to find in God a profound satisfaction that meets every desire. It's when we say to love God with all our soul, it's to find in God a meaning that makes our soul ache, go away. When we say that we are going to love God with all of our mind, it is to find in God knowledge and wisdom that satisfies the human mind. Because that is how we self-love. That is actual self-love. It doesn't undermine all of the practicalities that might come out of it, but it actually shows this true self-love. It's transformative. It's powerful. What it's saying is, as you long, for, as you long to feed yourself when you're hungry, you should long to, for your neighbor to also be fed when they are hungry. It's not simply saying well, I want them to have the same things, is actually saying I want them to have the same things and I'm going to pursue that in the same way I would for myself, in the same way that I would be creative, in the same way that I would persevere, in the same way that I would be determined. I want that for my neighbour. Seems quite big, right? (laughs) Who is your neighbour? I think very simply put, it's everyone. It's the person that you love. It's the person that is literally next door living to you. It's the person that you share a flat with. It's the person you can't stand. It's the person that you get excited to see. It's the family member you dread to see. It's the person whose culture you think is weird and icky. It's the person who lives 100 miles away. It's the person who lives one mile away. The self-love that we are called to love our neighbour in is for all. Now, I think that that can seem incredibly overwhelming. Because it seems like we're then suddenly putting ourselves in competition. Because it's like, well, does my self-love, does my own love, do I have to love them in the same way? And how do I do that? And I think that that uncomfortableness is okay Because what this is then reminding us of is it's pushing us towards the only source that can actually allow for us to do that, and that is God. And when we go to him, arms open, and we say, I want to be satisfied in you, I want to be so full of love and so full of you, Lord, it overflows it comes out in our actions it comes out in our thoughts and it comes out in who we are as people it is countercultural it is radical it looks different to everything else out there being a christian should not look the same as as not being we are called it's a command it's not a nice have it's not an if we want to it's a command and it's one of those things that I think we can can start up here, but I want to drill it down into what it looks like practically, what that will look like in your day to day. If you've been around charismatic church in any form, you will have heard the que- you may have been asked the question. I would bet money that you have. Um, what is your calling? what are you called to do? And I remember when I first became a Christian and I think it was literally a couple of weeks in and someone said, Hannah, what are you called to do? What has God got for you to do? And I was like, huh? I don't know, Pass my degree. Is Is that acceptable? Like, what is it? And I think we can get transfixed on these, you know, missionaries or people that are being sent into far off countries. And that's not to say it's not amazing and great. But actually, what Jesus has given every single one of us quite clearly here is this is what we are called to do. We are called to love God with all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds. And then we are called to love our neighbour as ourselves. And there's three people in there. God, your neighbour, and you. You are called to love yourself. (laughs) And in terms of, and that is in pursuit of the Father. As you pursue Father God, as we go deeper and seek deeper into relationship with him, he does things to you. He changes you. Now, there may be some people here this morning who are thinking, I don't really think I've experienced that kind of love before. I don't think I've ever embraced or thought that I was good enough or worthy or anything like that for that kind of love. And my invitation to you this morning is it actually has nothing to do with you. But it's all about what Jesus has done already. So you can come to him this morning. You can experience his presence. You can experience that transformation. You can find that satisfaction in him. And in doing so, your life and your world will be transformed. That's not to say it's not difficult and there are not we, don't, we all go through challenges, but it's it is that foundation that this verse is talking about. And maybe you've been a Christian here for a very long time and you're thinking, I haven't really had that. I remember that taste. I remember that encounter of love, but I haven't had that for a while. I really want to give some space this morning after to just... Spend time asking God for that again, that hunger to seek him, to love your neighbor as yourself. So practically, what would that look like? It would be, it would look like honoring them with your words. It would look like showing grace and compassion. It would look like inviting people into your home, feeding people, financially supporting people, going above and beyond, being that person that there's questions around why are they so, why are they like that? But in fundamentally is about leading them also into the satisfying love that comes from God. It's about showing them how to It's about showing them how to love God with all their hearts and all their minds and all their soul so that they can live and they can go on to love their neighbor. A community living like that, wow, can you imagine what that would be like in reality? And that's the kind of community we want to grow That's the kind of people we want to be. That's the kind of followers and believers we want to be in the workplace, in our church community, in our families. Loving our neighbours well through the pursuit and ongoing seeking of our Father. I want to just encourage you now, if you've never thought about Jesus or if you've been questioning, just to say to him, I give you my heart. I just open up to you. I'm going to get everyone to close their eyes. I'm just going to pray. Father God, we just want to thank you that you satisfy all who come to you. We just want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for that truth this morning that you, he died for us. That your love is unconditional that it's not like anything that we've got a comparison to on earth. And if you feel like you would like to open up to him tonight, today, I just want to encourage you to open up your hands and to just ask him to come into your heart. And maybe you've been a Christian for a while and things are tough and God feels far and you don't feel like you've particularly sought him in a while and loving yourself, loving your neighbour feels like a very difficult task when loving yourself is actually hard and loving God is even harder I just want to pray for you right now and just ask that you put out your hands to like, just, it's just an act of acceptance and Father God I pray for everyone who is weary this morning everyone who feels distant from you That you would just come and draw close to them. That they would just feel your presence and your power. That you would give them peace and joy. That they would just know that you call them theirs. And that you would be, um, yeah, that you would just be speaking to them. And Father, I just want to also right now, as you're praying, I want you just to ask God... This is completely between you and him. Whether you're in a place at the moment of pride. Is there an area where when I was speaking about it, you thought, oh yeah, actually, I really don't. That's an area for me. And just let him speak to you about that. Just chat to him. Now, I also just to give God space to raise somebody in your mind, a neighbor. Who is the neighbor this week or two that God is asking you to love as yourself? Do they live in your home? Are they somebody at work that you actually find quite hard? Let the Holy Spirit just bring them to your mind. Holy Spirit, just fall right now. I ask that you just fill each one of us this morning. I pray right now that we would just be, um, that we would be reminded of who you are. Father God, that we would be reminded of who we are, that we would be um, humble and seek you and that in doing so, we would draw close to those in need, that we would love those that we need, those in need well, and that we would see your freedom and your kingdom come and your will be done in each one of us. In your name we pray, amen.